Say his name. George Floyd. On TV, we only get a few minutes to share each story. But here we get to tell you all the details about stories that are important to greater Cincinnati. I'm Stephen Albritton, and this is WLWT News 5 Beyond the Studio. It's been one year since George Floyd, an unarmed black man, was murdered under the knee of a former Minneapolis police officer. A video that circulated the globe, spurring protests in the streets in cities large and small. Justice was finally served on April 20th, 2021. After 10 hours of deliberation by a jury, Derek Chauvin was convicted of second-degree unintentional murder, second-degree manslaughter, and third-degree murder. He now waits to be sentenced. Floyd, a father, a brother, a cousin, and so much more, now is only a memory. I think about my brother all the time and my sister called me at 12 o'clock last night she said this is the day that our brother has left the earth just devastate i just want everything to be um better in life because i don't want to see people dying the same way my brother has passed. But his memory is spurring a change, even though slowly. In that year since, police reform is still in the works. While many states have passed their own bills, Ohio still waits, along with lawmakers in Washington. Ohio's Governor Mike DeWine wanted a laundry list of changes pushed through the legislature that would hold police accountable. But so far, nothing. Well, I think we will get a pass this year. Um, I think that, uh, you know, a lot of work has been done on this bill by members of the legislature. A lot of work has been done on this bill by our administration. It's a bill that is sound. It will uh, really, I think, put Ohio uh, at the forefront uh, of reform in this area. Uh, these are things that I think can be supported, are being supported by police. They're being supported by civil rights groups. They're being supported uh, by community leaders. So uh, I'm, I'm optimistic about this uh, bill. In Washington, Floyd's family made their way to Capitol Hill to support the George Floyd Justice in Policing Act. Our country was forever changed by the stomach-churning video of Derek Chauvin killing Mr. Floyd. It sparked a summer of protest unlike any we've seen in American history. This was not only a fight for justice for one man and his family, who I've had the privilege to meet with, but a fight against the discrimination that black men and women suffer at the hands of state power, not just here in America, but around the globe. Floyd's brother, Philanese, making a point to say black lives matter, his brother's life mattered, and he hopes Congress sees that too. This is the thing. If you can make federal laws to protect the bird, which is the bald eagle, you can make federal laws to protect people of color. And the news of a bipartisan effort creeping closer. Here's family attorney Ben Crump. Well, we are optimistic. Both Senator Scott and Senator Graham talked to the family for over an hour, uh, talking about how they're making progress, how both uh, sides of the aisle are at the table, and they're trying to define specific terms because they feel that they are close, the closest they've ever been. And so we want to encourage them in the spirit of this day.
Time for a break. On the other side, policing in Cincinnati. When he's begging for his life, that has a, that had a huge impact on me. And, and most black officers I talked to, it had a huge impact on them. Hear from a veteran black officer on how Cincinnati is moving forward a year after Floyd's death and how they are already ahead of where other departments are just starting out. We've all seen it, that check engine light in our car. Do I check it now? Check it later? Can I keep driving? That one light doesn't tell you what you need to know. And if you get your weather from a symbol on your phone, you're not getting the full story. WLWT Weather has the only certified most accurate forecast in Cincinnati. It's where you get the difference-making details. You'll know exactly what to expect and when, so you can plan your day. WLWT Weather, Cincinnati's certified most accurate forecast. Officer Lewis Arnold is a 13-year veteran of the Cincinnati Police Force and president of the Sentinel Police Association, a black police officer union. He spoke with WLWT News 5 anchor Ashley Kirkland about being a black officer during tragedies like this and what still needs to change on their own force. So a lot has happened again this year. This marks a year since George Floyd's death. What changes do you feel like the department has made? You guys really did a lot of changes with um, the collaborative agreement, but what changes have you seen in the last year as far as policing ethics? Well, to be honest with you, not many changes, and, I, and, and I, let me preference that. So, 2001, Timothy Thomas, civil unrest in the city, three days of civil unrest, property destroyed. Citizens, police department decide to come together, work out the collaborative agreement. The collaborative agreement changed how we police. It tracks our traffic stops, it tracks race, it, it tracks gender, so we can see if there's a huge disparity, um, how we, our training has changed, mental health training. We do a lot of mental health training, understanding other cultures. So in the academy, you have all these different cultures that come in, Muslim culture, Jewish culture, and come in and talk about their cultures so that as we police in these communities, we can have a better understanding of, of what's happening. It was interesting, there were 10 demands made uh, that on our department during the height of the, the protests this past summer. And of the 10, seven, seven of them our department's already doing. So I believe Cincinnati is light years ahead because we had our George Floyd experience with Timothy Thomas in 2001. What are the three that are still out there kind of? I would have to see the list. But so let me, let me give you an example. Everybody's crying about mental health and this is mental health month and how uh, police don't need to respond to mental health issues. So I'm gonna give you a situation. First I'll talk about training, I'll give you a situation. So everyone that comes out of our academy gets mental health training. Get about 40 hours of mental health training. There was an officer who responded on a run, a mental health run, with a social worker. And when they went into the, 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 uh, the house, where the, the uh, person who had the mental issues going on lived, there was another relative there and he was standing pointing a gun at the social worker. Had that officer not been there, 
who had to end up taking this gentleman's life. But had he not been there, that social worker very well may not be with us today. And so when we start making these demands, we have to understand the whole scope of policing and that, yeah, we, we do need to respond to mental health runs because sometimes mental health runs are violent and you don't want to send a social worker into a violent situation. So that's just an example of, of one of the things that we do here at the department. And I can only speak for our department. And we have our issues. We're, we're, we haven't arrived. We still have issues that we deal with um, as a police department internally and some of our relationships in, in the community. But we're light years ahead of a lot of other departments and we're way ahead of, two, of um, post-2001. You talked about the laws that you guys are light years ahead in the laws. Talk about morale. Where was morale last year after everyone saw George Floyd, uh, you know, being murdered on, on camera? Mm -hmm. and people really had a, a hate for police yeah. to where it is right now. Where is it with your officers in the department and you personally? Morale. My, personally, my morale is pretty high uh, in that the uh, job, the assignment I have, I work in the community a lot. And so in, in engaging the community, I'm able to give the police perspective in a lot of meetings, which, um, which oftentimes is accepted. And oftentimes they'll say, well, we didn't know that, we didn't realize that. So my morale is higher. Where our morale as, on the department as far as patrol is concerned is the fact that we don't have enough officers on the streets. So, it, it, so when you show up to work, I was talking to an officer yesterday, and in the district he was working in, the relief he was working, they had three cars working. So that means you're just constantly going. So you really don't have time to, to engage the community. So because our number's down, because people are retiring, that's where a lot of the, the low morale is coming from, is the fact that you're extremely busy on these reliefs because of the numbers we have out there right now. And is it difficult to recruit new officers because of the current climate? You know, um, the numbers are not what they used to be. When I came on, when I took the test to become a cop, there were 3,000 people who took the test. And it was such a large crowd, they held it at the convention center. They say now you get 900 to show up for a test. So by the time you weed out the bad elements that have taken the test, I mean, you, you're looking at low numbers to choose from. And that's where we're at. And I encourage, I encourage black uh, citizens all the time to take the test and become cops. We complain about policing, and I tell them all the time, the best way to change it is to get inside and change it. Become a part of what you feel the quote-unquote problem is, but be become a part of policing and take the test and move up through the ranks and get yourself in position where you can help make decisions to make the department a, a better place. So I encourage them all the time to, uh, to sign up for the test and become cop. But it, it, it's tough. It's tough, you know, a lot of it has to do with, with past history, with relationships between the police and the community. And, and that's a constant battle and struggle every day is to improve those, those relationships. I watched the story that you did last year and you said after watching that video of Derek Chauvin that that turned to anger for you. Yeah. After his conviction, we know the other three officers are still awaiting trial. How do you feel about everything? Well, I, I am glad he got convicted, waiting for his sentencing. There has to be a message sent to cops like that. Because cops like that make it bad for all cops. When you have someone put their knee on someone's necks and basically choke them out, strangle them on TV, 
and, and don't care about that human life at all. That puts a target on every cop that puts a uniform on across the country. And so guys like that need to be weeded out. I applauded that he got convicted. And now I'm waiting, waiting for the sentencing. And, and, and so you deal with that. So me as being a black man, the fact that George Floyd was a black man and the fact that there was no regard for his life when he's begging for his life, that, has a, that had a huge impact on me. And, and most black officers I talked to, it had a huge impact on them because I have to look at from two perspectives, being a black man and being a cop. And now I know that incident has made being a cop harder in that dealing with the community, the trust of the community you have to build. All the work we've done in this city to build great relationships now become strained because of a cop making a decision like that, to take someone's life on live TV and have no regard for to human life. You know, it was interesting. I was putting my, uh, my tag on my, my shirt today and it says, serving since 2008. Serving. That's what we call to, we're called to serve. We're servants. Of, of this city, we're servants of the community. And what, what uh, Derek Chauvin did was not serving. He literally committed murder on, on TV, on live TV. And it still affects me. It still affects me. How Because I think of George Floyd, I think of everyone that's connected to George Floyd. And then everyone is connected to Derek Chauvin. Wife, children, parents. I mean, everyone's devastated over one act, over one cruel act. So it, it still affects me because I think about, it's a ripple effect. So it's like throwing a rock in a lake and you get those ripples and the ripples just keep spreading. And that's what that incident did. And then it went beyond family and then it affected policing. It affected community. It affected this nation. You know, we, we had some, some protests all over, some very violent across this nation, all because of one selfish act. One, one act of committing murder on a man who simply <laughs> was trying to pass a counterfeit $20 bill. If you like this podcast, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. This has been WLWT News 5 Beyond the Studio. I'm Stephen Albritton. Thanks for listening.